Hello, I'm Gary Fogel. Welcome to a new edition of Kentucky Sports Memories. Thank you for joining me. Happy to have you along today. And today my topic is Donna Murphy. Donna is a high school or was a high school basketball star here in Kentucky. She is Kentucky's first ever Miss Basketball. Earned that title back in 1976. Just a little bit of history with basketball in Kentucky, girls basketball here in Kentucky, many teams had, or many schools had teams in the 60s, 50s, 60s, early 70s, but the Kentucky High School Athletic Association didn't begin sanctioning a Sweet 16 tournament for girls until the 1974-75 season. So Donna Murphy played for Newport High School, Newport in case you don't know, it was up near Cincinnati. It's in the very northern part of the state, right on the border, across the river from Cincinnati, next to Covington. And Donna played for Newport High School. And so her junior year, the first year that the Kentucky High School Athletic Association sanctions a Sweet 16, her team makes it. And she's basically really discovered there because people see how good she is. As a matter of fact, even though her team only won one game in the Sweet 16 that year, she was named MVP. That's very impressive. And then she went on her next season, 75-76, which was her senior year. Her team did not make the Sweet 16 that year, but she was already discovered. People knew who she was, and she was an outstanding player and earned Miss Basketball, Kentucky's first Miss Basketball. Give you a little bit of an idea about her game Back in 1976, when she was a senior in high school, it was the same year Daryl Griffith was a senior in high school, and he played at Mayo High School in Louisville. And many of you remember him. He went on to star for the University of Louisville and later for the Utah Jazz. So you probably remember his game. Donna Murphy's looked just like Daryl Griffith's because Griff was an outstanding jumper. Donna Murphy was an outstanding jumper. I never saw her play, but I've seen pictures of her and there are photos of her where she's taking a jump shot and she's so high off the floor that her shoes are even with like the knees of the person defending her who's still standing on the floor. That's how high up she is. And then she releases her shot from high above her head. So very different than a lot of girls who played back then because some players who played at that time would tell me that they shot set shots many of them right off the shoulder or right off the chest, and they had to be open to get a shot because of the fact they didn't jump on their shot, and they shot it from the shoulder high or chest high, whereas Donna Murphy shot a true jump shot, and she was well off the floor with the ball well above her head. She was fun to watch, according to those who saw her play. She was amazing to watch and she had quite the high school basketball career. She went on to play at Moorhead State University. She's in Moorhead's um, Hall of Fame. I'll get to Moorhead and her college career a little later in the show, but first let's talk about her childhood and her high school basketball career. So let's begin my conversation with Donna Murphy. Donna, when did you start playing basketball? Um, when I was 12 years old. That's late for some. I mean, kids today start much younger. Oh, they start as early as four or five and six years old. So, yeah, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> so why did you start at 12? What made you start playing? Um, well, actually, um, 
I kind of wandered off from my house one day, and I, I grew up in Newport, Kentucky, in the in the uh, projects or what they may refer to as city city public city housing. And uh, I kind of wandered off, and I I got lost, <laughs> and I came across this basketball court, and there were a bunch of uh, guys playing. I guess they were high school aged and uh, beyond. And I just sat in the swing and watched them, and I thought it was interesting. And so I ran home and got my uh, brother's basketball, and I came back and I sat in the swing waiting for them to get done. And uh, when they finished, I went out there, and I thought I'd try to put the ball in the hoop and um, got a little frustrated because I couldn't do it. And I stayed out there until I could. And once it went in once, I was hooked. And uh, I started practicing every single day, rain, snow, it didn't matter. I was out there because I just wanted to get better and I wanted to be able to play with those guys. <laughs> and so that's that's what initiated it. So if you had never wandered off from home, you may have never discovered the game. That's very true because the only sports that we watched on television back then was uh, big-time wrestling on Saturday because that was my fa- my father's favorite sport, okay? <laughs> I didn't really – I saw, you know, NBA – an ABA basketball sometimes, but, I mean, we weren't allowed to watch it. You know, uh, that that wasn't the sport in our home. So you said you saw these boys playing. Did you eventually start playing with them? Well, um, I was about five feet eight when I was, like, about 12, 13 years old, and I was a little taller than uh, some of the junior high boys at that point, and they would see me come over, and wait to play, and then a couple guys would stay after and watch me, and I, I, you know, I had a God-given ability to jump, and so I guess they thought they'd go ahead and uh, give me an opportunity to be a rebounder and give them the ball, and so they started picking me on the team, and, you know, I'm still trying to learn this game, and so, but I could grab a rebound, and I could pass the ball, and so they kind of utilized me as such, and uh, after a while, I, I got tired of only just being able to rebound the ball and pass it. I wanted to do other things, too. And uh, I remember going to the uh, Newport Library to check out books to try to learn, you know, uh, all the technical aspects of the games. And I would look at the pictures and see, you know, what a defensive stance was, what a jump shot looked like, you know, all those kind of things. And then I started uh, watching it on television and when I saw the likes of uh, Dr. J and Clyde DeGlyde, <laughs> you know, Walt Frazier and Earl of Pearl Monroe, and I mean, I just kind of fell in love with trying to get my game to look like theirs. <laughs> That's how I just, you know, uh, got into the game more, and uh, I wanted these guys to um, see that I could play. So getting back to these guys, basically they were sexist pigs who <laughs> – <laughs> who thought a girl's role was to get a rebound and get the ball to them. <laughs> well, you know, in the game today, you know everybody wants to fire it up. They want to shoot it. Nobody wants to get in there and mix it up, really. they do. Everybody wants to, you know, shoot. The offense is into the game. And I'll tell you, my neighbor, he's the one that took a chance on me by selecting me on his team. And uh, his name was Tony Lane, and I'll never forget that. And uh, he he stepped out of the box and he put me on his team. And um, 
he would always put me on his team. And as I got, you know, I started improving. I could handle the ball. I, I got my sh- my uh, shooting form together. Um, and it, eventually it came to the point where I was choosing teams. So, um, you know, I had to pay my dues and I had to prove myself. But I loved the game, and it was a joy to play. And uh, I lived on the court when I was younger. So once you became a basketball star, what did your dad think of basketball then, since he was only a wrestling fan when you were growing up? Well, um, my father really wasn't much in my life. He wasn't involved in in my life. My mother was my main support, you know, and uh, she knew how much I really loved the game because I remember when I was, I think I was about 12 too, and I had asked for a basketball because the basketball that my brothers had, it, it was just a... It was more like a play basketball. It wasn't a serious basketball. My brothers were younger than me. And back then, a lot of boys had basketballs that didn't even play. But I had asked for one for Christmas. That's all I wanted. And when Christmas came, I just knew Santa was bringing me my ball. And I didn't get it. And I think my mother, because uh, she told me later, she, I guess she saw the hurt in my face and she realized how important it was. And she went out and bought me uh, an ABA basketball, red, white, and blue basketball. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that's when I knew that she knew that I loved the game and I was serious about it. And and ever since that point, she was was there for me 100%. I used to play every day on the court outside from 12 years old all the way up. Even through college, I would go play at the same court, you know. And um, she would let me be over there. She'd come and get me to come home and eat. She'd let me go back out (laughs) after I ate. She knew where I was in the summer. And she came to all my games. Um, You know, my mother was, was my number one fan. So she learns the game on the playground playing against boys. So when does she start playing against girls and with girls and on an actual team, a sanctioned team? Well, we'll talk about that and much more when we come back. Stay with me. My guest is Donna Murphy, one of the first superstars in Kentucky girls high school basketball. I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization. If I'm not given the opportunity, If you don't recognize my talents and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it works. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. 
I'm Gary Fogel. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories, where my guest is Donna Murphy, Kentucky's first Miss Basketball. Played at Newport High School up in northern Kentucky, and she was named Miss Basketball back in 1976. In our first segment, we talk with her about how she fell in love with the game and started to learn to play the game. Let's pick it up from there. When did you start playing organized basketball for, for a team instead of just playing on the playground? Well, I don't know if you'd call it organized, but um, I had heard that there was a junior high girls basketball team, so that was another thing that kind of motivated me to to work on my game, you know, to get prepared for um, moving up to the seventh grade. The seventh and eighth grade were the middle school, and um, I remember going to the first day of tryouts, and, you know, I, I came prepared. I had my headband on. I had armbands on. I had my gym <laughs> shoes, boys' gym shoes, of course. Uh, and uh, I saw all these girls in the gym, and a lot of them just had their street clothes on and street shoes. So I didn't know where all the ballers were. And then uh, when Miss B, um, she was the PE teacher, and you might be able to remember this too, they had organizations for girls called uh, the Girls Athletic Association, GAA. And she was in charge of that. And so she uh, came out and said that we were going to have a basketball team. She wanted everybody on the floor who were interested in playing. She talked to us, and then she divided us up into two teams. And I remember I jumped. I hit the, hit the ball to someone I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know any of them. And she couldn't handle the ball. And none of them could handle the ball. And I went and got the ball eventually, and all of them attacked me. They all came at me. My own teammates did too. And I didn't know what was going on. And this wasn't the type of ball I had played on the playground with my friends from my neighborhood. And so after a while, I got frustrated and walked off the court. And I sat in the bleachers, uh, and I was very upset. You know, because I, I thought, man, I'm going to get to play on a team of, of girls. And so Miss B came over and asked me what my problem was. And I said, that's not the way you play the game. And she said, well, you're being real stubborn. Uh, if if you can do it better, then why don't you go out there and coach them? So I made my debut coaching day that day. <laughs> did they <laughs> listen? Did, did yes, they listen they did. or did they yes, learn? Yes, they did. Yes, they did, because, you know, I had been going to the library reading about these things. I knew what a 2-3 zone was. I knew what man-to-man was, you know. We didn't play a 2-3 zone, you know, out in the playground. We played man all the time. But I knew how to set people up, so I put them in a 2-3 zone on defense, and the offense was easy. I just told them to give me the ball. And so that's what we did, and we won, we won all our games. <laughs> Get get a rebound and get it to me. I there, like there that. you go. There you go. And we were a pretty good team. They started wearing gym shoes and you know, everybody started putting on the attire. You know, and back then to see a girl wearing boys shorts or boys gym shoes, you could imagine the names I was called. <laughs> Plus being tall and lanky and, you know, a young lady of color. So I had to deal with a lot of different things that these young women don't have to really, um, you know, um, deal with each each and every day. You know, nowadays you have uh, young women wearing 
men's, uh, you know, basketball attire, and they don't even play ball, <laughs> you know? Right. But, uh, but back then, you know, for us to get ourselves together and look like a team and play the game, uh, that, that, that was a, a very, very uh, forward-moving uh, situation for me. So you said, first of all, a woman of color, uh, you dressed like the boys dressed back then, and girls didn't dress that way when they played the game. So you got called names. How oh, yeah. did you deal with that? Well, you know, I was a pretty sensitive kid growing up. I was a pretty quiet kid, and basketball was a way for me to kind of um, release my energy and to just get out there and uh, feel feel comfortable with myself. And so a lot of times when people said those kinds of things to me, um, I internalized them, but I did it in a positive way. It was more like, I'm going to show you, <laughs> you know, when people called me names, I, I, I did my speaking playing ball. All right. I responded by the way I played the game. So let's and move on to your high school career. Title nine doesn't pass and basically sanctioned girls basketball in the state to your junior year. Yeah. You almost missed that window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I was fortunate because that's when they brought the uh, women's uh, state tournament back in 1975. Right, your junior year. Yeah. And uh, they were also uh, granting, they called them uh, grant in aids, and th those were scholarships. And, you know, I played the game. I wasn't even thinking about a scholarship. Uh, I knew I was going to college, and it was going to be because of my academics. That was priority in our household. But I didn't even think about playing uh, college basketball uh, until I started hearing about there were college women's teams. And I remember contacting – I wrote letter a, a letter to the coach at Marshall University in West Virginia. They had a women's basketball program. That was really tough. I saw a, uh, an article in the newspaper, and I remember writing her when I was in the eighth grade, and she actually came to see me play, you know, on the courts outside. So when I was really? in high school, she watched you play on the outdoor court. Yes, I wrote her a letter as an eighth grader, and she came. She drove all the way to Newport and came out there and watched where we played, and she stayed in touch with me. And when high school came. You know, she was the only one that was, you know, she had stayed in touch that was interested in me at the time because a lot of people didn't know a lot about me except Northern Kentucky when I was playing. But my junior year when they had the state tournament and our team was fortunate enough to go, that's when other people, you know, I was exposed to, to other teams across the state and that's when coaches were able to, to kind of get a look at what I could do. So you sign and go and play at Moorhead. Uh-huh. Why didn't you go to Marshall if you had this connection with the coach? Well, I felt bad about that at the time, but I, I was pretty heavily recruited back then after that state tournament. <laughs> I visited quite a few schools, but I decided I wanted to stay close to home. And growing up in the city, I was really a country girl. <laughs> I loved trees. I love water. And uh, when I visited Moorhead, I fell in love with that campus. And uh, the people were very friendly to me. And I wanted to go there and help them build a program. 
Well, you had quite the career at Moorhead. I mean, when you left there, you were the all-time leading scorer. I assume that pretty much what you thought would happen there did happen? Yeah, I had an opportunity to play with uh, some of the the athletes that came from uh, um, the same region I was from. Plus, we had had a a really uh, solid team. Um, I played with some people that could play the game, and we were very talented. And I think our our freshman team that came into Moorhead kind of turned the tide at Moorhead. Mickey Wells was the coach, and uh, he was blessed with a lot of good recruits who happened to be good students and good people, too. And so we were able to bond and, and build a program. And uh, it became sisterhood. And uh, we um, we kind of helped put Moorhead on the map back then. I'm going to touch on your leaping ability. You mentioned that previously. I've seen – I never saw you play in person. But I've seen photos of you in action. And your jump shot, you are well off the floor on your jump shot. Did And a lot of girls, you know, they shot set shots back then. Oh but yeah, you're a, a was a you were a true jump shooter. Did you ever have your vertical leap measured? No, I didn't. I I could get the rim. I could you could grab the, the rim. I could get the grip. Yeah, and I remember. I wish I had had the opportunity to play with the smaller ball. Okay, I played with the smaller ball when I played professionally, but up to that point, I played with the regular basketball. Right, the same one the boys played with. Yeah, and it was very difficult. If I had the smaller one, I think I might have had – and I didn't even think to try volleyball. I mean, I wasn't playing with a volleyball on a basketball court anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, are, are, you, so, are you leading up to you could have dunked it if you'd have played I with the I'm, regulation girls' ball? I think I might ball? have been able to because I remember when I was at Moorhead when I went to college, I would live in the gym trying to – I couldn't hang on to the ball long enough <laughs> when I was jumping, you know? I couldn't, I, I, I would lose it, you know. I didn't have that grasp. If I had a smaller ball, I think things could have been different, and I probably would have tried and tried until I got it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, she never dunked a basketball in high school or college, but she did pretty much everything else. Looking at her college numbers, she left the school at Moorhead as the all-time leading scorer and rebounder. She led the team in scoring three of the four years she was there. She was first team all OVC for three years. She was the OVC Basketball Player of the Year twice and the OVC Athlete of the Year her senior year. Very impressive. So from there, she goes on to play some pro ball and she's also invited to the Olympic trials. We'll talk about all that when we come back. Stay with me. I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. lot of owners that are stressed because their pet isn't behaving the way they expect it to. Usually this is just a training problem, but sometimes the pet isn't a good match for the owner. It's important to be honest about your expectations and to educate yourself about your pet's needs before you take them home. If you have a rigid schedule, a dog might be a good fit since they usually thrive in a structured environment. But if your schedule is always changing, a cat would probably be a better choice since they're a bit more self-sufficient. 
and you should learn about your individual breeds and their behaviors. A large active dog usually is not a good choice for an apartment and pets that shed probably aren't good for people that like their homes to be spotless. Remember, the more effort you put into choosing your pet, the less effort you'll have to put into keeping them as a valuable member of your family. I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories, where my guest is Donna Murphy, one of the first, and some might say the first, high school basketball star in girls basketball here in Kentucky. 1975 was the first ever Sweet 16. She won the MVP that year, even though her team, Newport High School, only played two games. She was impressive enough to win the MVP award. They won their first game, lost their second, but she's the MVP of the very first Sweet 16 for girls here in Kentucky. That was her junior year. The next year, when she's a senior, she is named the first ever Miss Basketball in the state of Kentucky after an outstanding high school career at Newport High there in northern Kentucky. Goes from there to play college basketball at Moorhead State. Tremendous career there. I told you about her accolades in the previous segment. And along the way, back in high school, she was invited to the Olympic trials and then invited again in 1980 when she's wrapping up her college career. She talks about that. It was very interesting. <laughs> That's when I started to understand uh, the role politics played in sports. And it wasn't always about ability. It was about what school you went to, who your coach was, who was coaching the team. Um, because they, the way they would set things up is it was not always to your advantage, you know, uh, based on the position you played. So, again, I was introduced to politics. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was a very interesting experience because I always thought, you know, if you, if you play hard, if you do your best, um, people will see that, you know. But I saw that there were other criteria that was being used in evaluating a lot of the players there, including myself. You know, because I, I was I would be amazed at the people that would make the teams and the people that would so it was interesting. I'll leave it like that. <laughs> Once you wrapped up your career at Moorhead State, you wrapped it up in nineteen eighty. What where did you play professionally? Um, I played for the St. Louis Streak. I had gotten drafted by Minnesota. I was the the um first forward which was the seventh player selected in the draft, and it was the Women's Professional Basketball League, the WPBL, which was actually um, one of the, well, there were several different leagues that had come prior to me uh, graduating in 1980s. Um, and it actually was the first league that was a legitimate league that was the basis for what we now have as the WNBA. And so um, I ended up getting drafted um, by Minnesota, and they folded. So I had an agent, and I had an op opportunity to go to Chicago or St. Louis, and I chose to go to St. Louis 
because I had heard all the stories about Chicago. I watched a lot of those uh, movies, old black and white movies about Al Capone and, <laughs> and such. So I had I had that vision in my mind. I didn't want to go to the big city. So I chose to go to St. Louis, and that's where I played. And uh, how long of a career did you have in the pros? I tell you, I, I didn't stay long. Uh, after part of the season, I decided that, you know, I didn't want to be there. Um, it wasn't what I expected. And I, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, we had a coach that was a womanizer. Um, people were not interested, not all, but I know in our program, they weren't interested in elevating the game and, and uh, helping the women to uh, be established as, as a legitimate league. They're more interested in uh, the money and the different um, uh, resources that they could get from having a team. And I did not feel like um, I was being treated proper. A lot of young women were not. And um, I decided I just wanted to go ahead and uh, you know, go to grad school and just live my life. And so I gave the game up in the prime, you know, in the prime of my time. And uh, it was hard. It was hard to do. You know, but a lot of women who played back then didn't have the opportunity to play for coaches that were um, fully supportive of what they were doing. I played for a male coach, and I think that had something to do with it too. But um, we didn't have a good good experience totally on our team, and we were the only team in the league that had the majority of, of our, our players were of color. And... Um, it was just interesting. It, it gave me a different perspective on life and on how um, how people treated one another. And also, I, I got another taste of the politics of it. But, uh, you know, I went to Moorhead. And <laughs> when I went into the real, real world, I saw that there were a whole lot of things that didn't operate the way that I had been led to believe it would. And uh, it was a rude awakening. It really was. Looking back on your high school career, I've heard some women say that they don't know if the game back then, players from back then, could play in today's game because it's so different. Uh-huh. My guess is the way you played and your style, you could have fit in anywhere today on any team. Do you agree with that? Well, I'd like to believe that. There's quite a few of us that could. Um, there were very talented players back when I played. And, you know, there were people in the state that didn't have the same opportunities as I did. You know, I'm going to get back to your shot again, that jump shot. I would assume, I've I've had girls tell me that when they played high school or even college ball, if they shot that set shot, they'd have to be open to get their shot off because otherwise it would get blocked. But with you, with the jump shot, I assume you were able to just pull up on a defender, go up over them and get your shot off, even even if you were being defended. Oh, yeah, that was the only way to play. You know, you had to be able to stop and pop. I developed that with the help of a friend. His his name was Owen. Uh, he was a gentleman who would come and work with some of the boys in the neighborhood. And he saw me shooting the ball one day, and I kind of had it propped up over my head a bit. And he kind of helped me make the adjustment. And then watching NBA players and just trying to find my comfort zone, you know, finally I did. And I was a lefty, too. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for people to kind of relate to that. (laughs) 
you know, because most of the people I played against and played with were right-handed and my coaches as well. You're in your early 60s now. Do you still play the game? No, I don't. You know, I have coached up, up until this year. I've coached, you know, college. I've, I've coached high school and I've coached middle school and I've coached the summer exposure, you know, but I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not coaching. I stopped playing a long time ago. I, I was one <laughs> of these people that knew, knew when it was time to quit. I do miss the game. I love the game and I'd rather play than coach <laughs> like most players probably would, you know, but it it was good to me. It blessed me in so many ways and it, it was a means to an end for me, you know, and, uh, it really, really had a major impact on who I am today. Where did you coach on the college level? I coached at uh, University of Florida, um, Memphis State, now the University of Memphis, University of Cincinnati, uh, Moorhead, uh, University of Kentucky. Um, I started the program at uh, Asbury, which is now Asbury University. So, um, and I was there for 11 years. Um, while I was working where I work now, Bluegrass Community Technical College. So, you know, I, I put my hand into a lot of different programs, and I, I also coached high school. I was at uh, Bryan Station and Lexington Christian, and I've coached at LTMS. And, uh, you know, so I've had an opportunity to coach at different levels. I coached a pro-am team back in the day, former college players. We all got together, and we would go play against colleges like the prelim games. And so I've been blessed to be around the game for quite a bit at different levels. And uh, it's just been fun. I assume you still follow the game? Um, Not as much as I used to. You know, life is busy. Got other things going on. You know, I still, uh, I still try to help kids. You know, I still have parents to inquire. I used to do uh, training. I've not been able to do that because of COVID, <laughs> you know, but I'm really not into it as much as I used to be. So what are you doing these days? Uh, I, I, I'm a faculty member and a counselor at uh, Bluegrass Community and Technical College, and currently I'm working from home. <laughs> and um, this year I'm particularly uh, spending most of my time working with students who have been suspended, uh, who need counseling and advisement, to, to try to come back and start fresh. And so I spend most of my days dealing with that. Well, you've heard the various statistics and awards and honors that have been bestowed upon Donna Murphy, but where does she rank? How great was she compared to all the other girls who played high school basketball in the state? And more importantly, where does she rank as far as a pioneer in girls' high school basketball? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from other female high school players and college players who played against Donna Murphy, saw Donna Murphy play in her prime, and they'll talk about where she stands, where she ranks in the history of Kentucky girls basketball. That's coming up in just a moment. Stay with me. I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories.
I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm not given the opportunity. If you don't recognize my talents and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it worked. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogle, and my guest is Donna Murphy. And just to recap her career, she grew up up in northern Kentucky and uh, played high school basketball up there, played at Newport High School, which is just across the river from Cincinnati, played in the first-ever Sweet 16 when she was a junior. That was 1975, first-ever Sweet 16 for girls. 1975, she was just a junior, and even though she only played in two games because her team lost in the second round, she was named MVP of that tournament, and then came back as a senior and was named Miss Basketball of Kentucky, first ever Miss Basketball in the state, went from there to play her college basketball at Moorhead State, and she was the leading scorer there for three years in a row. She was first-team All-OVC those three years. She was Player of the Year in the OVC for two years and Female Athlete of the Year in the conference her senior year. She was also invited to the Olympic trials twice in her career. She played professional basketball, and then she went into coaching and coached at many colleges. So she's had quite the distinguished career as a player and as a coach. And I was curious about where she ranks, how important is she in the history of Kentucky basketball. And I talked to some other players who played against her and saw her back in her heyday. But before I get to all them, one final comment, one final question I had when I was talking to Donna. Well, I've talked to other women who played ball, high school ball, back in your era, in your time, and some said... They wanted to see you play. They'd heard about you. They'd read about you. And it was a goal of theirs to go watch you play basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's cool. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm humbled by it because back then, you know, I didn't know um, where basketball would take me. It was just something I loved to do. And when I played on the court, I was into the game. I wasn't into what was going on around me. I just love to play, and I'm fortunate to have, you know, played with people that have helped me get to where I was with the game because it's not a – it's a team game. <laughs> you got to have other people there to help you, you know. And uh, my whole goal was just for our team to win, and uh, going to state was major for me. It opened up doors for me that I never 
never even imagined. And uh, it took me to places where, you know, I never even thought I'd be in my life. All right, so let's hear from some other players from that era, what they think and what they thought about Donna Murphy and her legacy and what she means to Kentucky girls basketball. I'm going to begin with Bonnie Sizemore. Bonnie was an outstanding player for those Laurel County teams that won three consecutive state titles in 77, 78, and 79. Now, Bonnie was only on the first two of those teams because she graduated in 78. She was a sophomore when Donna Murphy was a senior, and Bonnie says she'd always followed Donna's career in the paper but wanted to see her play in person. Finally got that chance her sophomore year when they both played in the same in-season tournament. Uh, Newport was playing in the AIT, which was the, the first tournament that we had ever played in. I was a sophomore. And that's the Ashland Invitational Tournament. Yep. So what did you think of Donna Murphy? I thought she was absolutely the smoothest, coolest person I'd ever seen play. Why? She was left-handed, number one. And you didn't see, at that time, you didn't see a lot of left-handed uh, people. But she was just, she was smooth. She was good. I noticed in looking at some photos of her, she had a tremendous vertical leap on her jump shot, which was... Yes, and she had one. <laughs> that was big at that time, too. Right. I was going to say, a lot of girls at that time shot set shots. Yeah. And she had a, a patented jump shot. I mean, she really she got off the floor. She did. Did you ever try? I mean, I know you were only a couple of years behind her. You would have been a sophomore when she was a senior. But did you, after that, try to model your game after her at all? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, she was like, uh, like I said, I'd never seen anybody like her. Was she the best you'd ever seen, like, in your era? Hmm. That's food for thought. Because Wilkerson from Paris was pretty good, too. And she was pretty smooth. But she wasn't, she's not a... Donna Murphy, for sure. So Donna um, was better? I think so. Where does Donna, in your mind, stand as far as pioneers for girls' basketball in Kentucky? She was, I I, I don't know. It's just something about her. And I've never seen anybody like her life, like that. Well, you know, I used to read the, the line scores and stuff and see who's doing what and that kind of stuff. I was always interested in looking at that in the paper. So that's where I, where I first heard about her, and then when I got a chance to see her, I'm like, whoa. That was Bonnie Sizemore, who was a high school basketball star herself, playing for those Laurel County teams that won multiple state championships in the late 70s. Let's move on from her, and we'll talk to Chancellor Dugan. She is currently the head women's basketball coach at Bellarmine University in Louisville, but played college ball at Eastern Kentucky and played against Donna Murphy in college. You know, I just think that she was so far ahead of, you know, her um, time, you know, just as far as her athletic ability. Um, her jump shot was just so smooth, you know, and being a left, she was left-handed and you know, it was just so hard to guard, but, uh, you know, she, she jumped and, and, you know, she just, she, she released it at the, you know, very height of her jump. And, uh, um, she was, she was, uh, she was ahead of herself. I mean, she, 
her game translates to, you know, playing right now. And, um, you know, she, she would have been, uh, she would have been a star. Um, you know, I mean, obviously she already was a star, um, but I mean, she would have been on, you know, a higher level and a higher, uh, visibility. Earlier in the show, you heard Donna talk about her younger brothers and she had three younger brothers. I thought it would be good to hear from them. The oldest of those uh, three younger brothers has since passed away, but I did talk to the other two. The first one is Duran. He was six years younger than Donna, and he remembers when she played basketball with the older guys on the outdoor court. But when she was young, she played with the high school kids and then kids that were even her age, but she played with the boys. But now there was another group of guys that were even older than them that they kind of like sat around and waited for to be picked onto their teams. So they would look down at her as well. And they would think, wow, I, I can't believe this kid's out here. And I kind of remember there being a respect for her from the, the boys that were a little older than her, even the guys that those same boys respected. But it wasn't until Donna got in high school that Duran really appreciated what a talented player she was. When she ended up in high school, I became the ball boy. And I can remember a game where they were playing and the score was 36 to 48. And my sister had 42 points. <laughs> really? And I was running up and down in the bleachers telling anybody that would listen to me that that's my sister. And the youngest brother is Kez. He's about 16 years younger than Donna. So he doesn't have any recollection of her playing high school ball, very little of her playing college ball. My memory takes in when I started spending my summers wherever she was coaching. So University of Florida, Memphis, UK, all those places. And uh, she used to take me on her, her recruiting trips, in-house recruiting trips, by the way, all those in-house recruiting trips, all those guys that I was there with. They all committed to, to the school that she was uh, recruiting for, so that, that, I, I take credit for that. But uh, <laughs> okay, go those situations, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those situations, then uh, the BC All-Star camps, which evolved into the AAU circuit. So I would go on those trips and sit with her while she evaluated kids. Uh, so what I learned, what I learned, and, and the other piece of it was anytime one of her teams were in town or if I was uh, in town with her, for the summer, during whatever it may be, I got to be the manager for the team. So the old Metro Conference games between UC and Memphis, Louisville and Memphis that took place in Cincinnati, I got to ride the bus, hang out at the hotel, practices, that whole deal. So what I learned, to answer your question, after all those experiences, uh, just her work ethic, the time she put in the preparation and everything else for uh, game planning, practice agendas, uh, itinerary, uh, all that stuff that goes into to getting things done the right way, but it's all behind the scenes that not many people see. So just the work ethic that went into it was a big deal. And from all those experiences, Kez later went into coaching high school girls basketball. He is currently the coach at Notre Dame Academy up in northern Kentucky. Previously was the coach at Covington Holy Cross, where he led that girls program to the state title back in 2015. So obviously, little brother paid attention and learned a great deal from his big sister in learning how to coach and took that with him into his profession as he got started in his coaching career. 
That'll do it for the show this week. My thanks to everyone for their involvement and their contributions to this show. Most especially, Donna Murphy, Kentucky's first ever Miss Basketball back in 1976. What a career she has had. My thanks to you for tuning in and listening. And if you'd like to drop me a line, you can do so by going to my website, KentuckySportsMemories.com. Click on the contact page and you can reach out to me there. That'll do it for this week. Until next week when I have a brand new show and when I hope you will certainly tune me in. I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. See you next week. We hear from a lot of owners that are stressed because their pet isn't behaving the way they expect it to. Usually this is just a training problem, but sometimes the pet isn't a good match for the owner. It's important to be honest about your expectations and to educate yourself about your pet's needs before you take them home. If you have a rigid schedule, a dog might be a good fit since they usually thrive in a structured environment. But if your schedule is always changing, a cat would probably be a better choice since they're a bit more self-sufficient. And you should learn about your individual breeds and their behaviors. A large, active dog usually is not a good choice for an apartment, and pets that shed probably aren't good for people that like their homes to be spotless. Remember, the more effort you put into choosing your pet, the less effort you'll have to put into keeping them as a valuable member of your family.